Hi there, I'm Becky Hammond, founder and strengths maven over at eSogo and eSogoStrong.com where we know that relationships are hard. So let's try to make them easier by using your strengths. And welcome to the eSogo TV video and audio podcast. Here on eSogo TV, we're fueling family connection and work energy by focusing in on your strengths instead of fixating on your weakness. And today you're joining us for episode 84, right in the middle of our season four interview series all about using strengths. Here in this series, leaders, coaches, parents, spouses, regular people are talking about what actually happens in their lives when they truly begin using and harnessing the strongest things about them. And it could be in their work or their marriages or their parenting and beyond. And today's guest is Margaret Smith. Margaret serves as a talent management consultant at the third largest healthcare system in the United States. It's called Providence St. Joseph Health. And prior to this role, she's provided executive coaching, team development, and large-scale organizational change consulting to a wide variety of companies in healthcare and not, including Oregon Health and Sciences University, Nike, Microsoft, and the CIA. She hails from Portland, Oregon, and she really finds her flow as a guest speaker for nonprofits, meeting new people at charity events, and especially planning trips to make memories with her 10-year-old son. And today, Margaret joins me to share with us about a significant shift she's made as she works with healthcare systems, from using a deficit model to a strengths-based model, and how that shift has made all the difference in engagement and then ultimately the quality of care provided to patients. So we're talking about impacting people in their darkest, toughest moments. So let's dive into this conversation with Margaret. Well, hello, Margaret. Thanks for joining me today. You bet, Becky. You and I have met in person, which was a beautiful thing. And then, um, but I would say that we haven't like really had that like sit down face to face, like real coffee chat kind of conversation. And um, so I'm kind of excited that this might be the beginning of that. Yes, I'm looking forward to connecting you. Um, on many levels. So glad that, to join your interview today. Thanks. Well, why don't we just kind of kick us off by telling us a little bit about yourself, um, what your family is like, what you do for work, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah, sure. So I live in Portland, Oregon, and I am a mom to a proud mom to a 10 year old boys in fourth grade, Will. And he is really active. We love to throw the football and the frisbee and play around a lot. He's a neat kid. Um, I really enjoy a lot of, um, you know, arts and entertainment. So going to a lecture, I recently went to the TEDx talk here in Portland, which was fantastic. Um, I belong to a winery. So, you know, a lot of great pinots here in the Willamette Valley, um, <clears throat> and go out to the beach a lot. So the Pacific ocean is only an hour and a half away. So I have a place out there. So I feel really blessed to live in the Northwest. It's a really neat lifestyle. Um, I work at Providence Health System, and I recently started there about three months ago, and I do talent management. So I do talent planning, leadership development, and employee engagement work. So I support our local executives with that. Cool. That sounds awesome. What What does a day in the life of Margaret look like? A day in the life? <laughs> well, um, most some days are some uh, exercise. Today I went to Orange Theory and oh, uh, cool. it up there. Yeah. 
So you do some running on the treadmill, some rowing machine, and some weights. So staying healthy is really important to me. Um, grabbed a green smoothie afterwards. That makes me sound better than I am. But uh, <laughs> you're like, this was a good day to ask. <laughs> health, health is a high priority for me, really. Just um, staying well because I feel like without that's such a foundation for everything else that affects my emotions, my relationships, my career, my my parenting. So, um, so I do a fair amount of self care. Um, you know, I work from home occasionally, or I go to the office. And like today, I was working on a preparing for a workshop with a group of six executives in the state of Oregon, where we're going to be looking at our top talent and looking at our potentials and doing succession planning. So like who's going to be the chief executive of St. Vincent Medical Center and really preparing for a thoughtful conversation around that. So yeah. And then I, and, you know, we'll play with my son in the afternoon. Um, you know, maybe we'll get some ice cream, um, you know, just hang out. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thanks for sharing us a little glimpse. <laughs> yeah, sure. So when you think about something that you've done recently that you are most proud of, what would you share with us? Mm. Gosh, <laughs> really proud of. Well, I just put an offer on a house. So yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, I, I, it has to be accepted, of course. So I'm patient, but I think I'm, you know, I'm proud that I'm managing my finances in such a way that I can afford a bigger, nicer home and that I have a career that, you know, that affords me the financial stability to be, you know, a single person and live in one of the greatest neighborhoods and, you know, safe. And I, I have a lot to be, um, thankful for, but, but I'm proud because I earned it. Yeah. I have a, a thriving career and feel, so I feel really good, proud that I can, um, kind of move up where it's a larger town home. It'll be easier for um, entertaining a lot of light, right? A really lovely neighborhood. So cool. Cool. Well, you have to um, now share us your top five strengths because all your strengths just kind of went bing, 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 bing in that description of your yes. new house. <laughs> yes. So communication is number one and woo is number two. And then gosh, got to remember well, um, I know maximizer and relator and arranger. Cool. My top five. Yes. Cool. I hear like, cause I was just hearing like the woo action, you know, like I got to bring the people together and entertain people. And then there's this yes. maximizer of kind of always, you know, exactly. The wanting to improve and the arranger has got, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I mean, we can't help but live it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. One of the fun things that we've been doing in these interviews is answering a question from our my uh, Dare to Dialogue card deck. So it's a conversation card deck that um, is meant to be used from conference table to dinner table just to inspire meaningful conversation that will get people thinking about their strengths. So right. I'm going to just randomly – I'm going to not try not to touch that – randomly select a card and then both of us – whoa. I'm going to drop them. <laughs> um, both of us will – will read, I will read it and then both of us will answer it and it'll just give it an opportunity for us to get to know each other better and for other, everyone else too as well. All right. Great. This is actually one of my favorites. So yay. Okay. If you were an app on an iPhone, what would your functionality be and who would need what you have to offer the most? Oh, that's easy. I'd be the Google assistant. <laughs> what does that mean? The Google Assistant, like, hey, Google, what's the weather today? Like, hey, Google, you know, <laughs> a soundtrack of, you know, mellow indie pop. 
<laughs> just the the helpful, you know, the end, the, the app that communicates. Yeah. Oh, the Google Assistant. Google mm-hmm. Assistant. How about you? Um. So I would have to be some sort of organizational app. There's no way I could. I mean, if if there was any other thing, I I don't. Yeah, I don't think I could be anything else. <laughs> some sort of organizational app that's not necessarily linear, but helps people like me who think more like in, I mean, like you have those circles behind you. Like I think more like that, like, well, this connects to this and this connects to this. And so I need to have some sort of way to organize my life where, um, where things can be interconnected. And so I would be that, I would be that app. And actually now that I think about it, I need that app. Come to think of it. (laughs) Does that app exist? (laughs) I don't think so. The closest is Trello. I'm pretty much in love with Trello. So I like Trello. Yes. <laughs> I do. To a ranger. <laughs> uh, yes. Fun. Well, let's um, dive in a little bit to your your story and um, the strengths perspective. And you know, our our goal here today is just to hear from you. What change, you know, what change has happened in your life because you started to understand who you were through your strengths versus other ways that you might have defined yourself or been living? And so um, let me just kind of kick us off by thinking back to before the strengths perspective entered into your life. Um, When you first came across it, you know, what problems were you looking to solve or encountering, or maybe even what were you thinking about most um, in your life at the time? Yeah. So I encountered the strengths um, back when I was working a, health, a different healthcare system. And, um, you know, I'm always looking at different personal growth and development tools and like the assessment, the strengths finder assessment is like many others. But when I started to dig into the sort of philosophy behind the strengths-based like organization development, that's the story I want to tell today because yeah. that really shifted my practice working with organizations and departments and teams. So, um, so before before you know, I took I took strength. I thought it was just kind of a, going to be an assessment that was going to help me personally, and it certainly it did just validate. Oh check, check, you know, I am those things, but I want to talk a little bit about how it changed my, um, you know, organization development practice. Great. So, so, so in your organization development practice, what, before you kind of came across this new paradigm to look at, what, what were some of the problems you were encountering or the challenges that you kind of were trying to address? Yeah. So, a lot of, you know, the challenges really are around um, managing large-scale change, certainly are ones that I've, mm. whether companies are merging or, you know, blending cultures. Um, I've worked with, you know, parts of healthcare system that are high revenue and high risk, like the surgical mm. service area, the emergency department, and mm. there's conflict or low employee engagement. Um, then you get safety issues, you know, you can do patient harm. So the stakes are pretty high mm-hmm. to really have a healthy organizational system. So, you know, those are just a couple examples of some of the um, issues that I, you know, encounter. So what other paths had you tried before, before you came across strengths? What other things had you, had you tried? Yeah, a lot of my training and um, a lot of the discipline of sort of diagnosing um, an organization through an assessment process and then trying to bring it to health, let's say, 
this is really based and rooted in an old paradigm where we look for problems, we look for the deficiencies, and we are looking at the current state, designing a future state, and then looking at that gap. Hmm. Like, well, what are all the things we need to go to get do to get from point A to point B? And there's some, you know, inherent value in in having a destination, but right. it very much is an orientation toward what's wrong with us, what's broken, what do we have to fix? And as OD consultants, we often come in and are coming in and diagnosing and making recommendations for change. Yeah. So that old way um, of thinking that's taught in schools and has been around for decades, you know, yeah. that gap analysis approach to mm-hmm. organization consulting. Yeah. And you know what? It really, it strikes me that it would feel like a very natural fit in healthcare because that's very much the way that the medical community is, is taught as well is right. Let's look for what the problem is and then let's fix the problem. And there's, I mean, very much that same, there's a gap analysis, like what's our ideal and then where are you? And then what's the problem? And so then let's figure out what that is. So I would imagine that would have felt like a pretty natural thing, even for all the people that you're working with. Absolutely. Yes. So often, you know, a problem is diagnosed and is treated with training or treated with reorganization or treated with an executive coach. You know, so um, much like you said, the healthcare system, if you have a disease, you know, you're going to need some medicine and some healing. And so no doubt there's definitely room, you know, for healing and and organizational health and making things better. But um, the strengths-based view um, which is you know rooted very much in the positive psychology movement and appreciative inquiry, that has me focus on what's going right and mm. what where is their health and wellness and studying it and pushing the system to do more of that. Mm. So so what happened then? So you uh, tell us how you kind of you came across the strengths finder or your, the strengths perspective in general, like you said, just kind of this positive psychology movement, and then something switched. What what kind of switched in your mind to say maybe we've been looking at this incorrectly or or not the best? Yeah, I mean, it switched when I went to um, put it into use in an organization. So pretty soon after I took it, I decided to apply it with a consulting engagement that um, I had at a large academic medical center. And it was um, a large department that was grappling with some retention and engagement issues and productivity issues and organization issues. You know, they're fine people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I had them all take the strengths finder and did um, an entire, you know, workshop and then actually the consulting engagement. I worked with them for a period of about six months, which is you know about the amount of time you need to really um, try to ignite some change and have those changes sustained. And, you know, to make a long story short, it was transformative for this Mm -hmm. division at the medical center. They just saw each other on the individual level in a whole new way. They use their strengths on a daily basis in their workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they moved some job assignments around, which was important so that people were actually doing the work that played to their strengths. Wow. You know, the energy and the positivity and the productivity just was palpable. And, you know, the director was um, really pleased with my work and, and with, the, with discovering this way of managing the team that felt fantastic and and just the empowerment um, and the engagement uh, as a result was alone worth it. So so had you seen 
results like that using kind of the gap analysis model that you had been using? Not so much, not so much. I mean, if anything, as a consultant, I often am fighting, you know, people who are saying, well, we really just need to be, you know, reorganized, you know, please. I know that, you know, people are so convinced or the training, there's such a skills gap, but, um, you know, in my experience, um, a lot of times people, you know, they, are kind of afraid inside organizations. You know, the employee engagement, the workforce report that Gallup does says 70% of people in the American workplace are not engaged, right? So that means they're resigned or they're distracted or they're, you know, they're not well, uh, really. So the strengths gives people sort of this beacon of light and it celebrates what's going right with them. And it forces the organization to then focus on what they're naturally good at. I mean, so that naturally is energizing. So, um, you know, it's, it's been pretty remarkable. And so since then I then took the strengths to other organizations that I've worked with and had some great success with it. And, um, and now, I mean, I'm a big fan. I'm, we're, we're doing it at Providence. I'm doing it for the whole field HR team. Wow. And yeah, in that case, I'm helping the human resources team who have really hard jobs and they're supporting the executives with all of their transformational changes, people, culture changes. And I want them to know what their strengths are when they go to do their consulting work. Hmm. Um, it can be more effective and they can leverage each other, you know, so they can then take some pressure off and be like, Oh man, you know what? I don't have a strategic strength. I better go to my partner. Yeah. You know, that kind of a, an, an assignment. So we can team much more effectively when we know our strengths. Yeah, totally. And I, there's just a permission there to be able to be not just authentic, but there's a, in some ways a vulnerability because in order to say like, I don't have this, you have to kind of really move past for in your psyche, that gap mentality, because it, sometimes it's yes. hard to say, I don't have something and I need somebody else. It is, it is. And I think that's another thing that I'm really promoting is particularly in management. I feel like they, we have had a culture in the past where managers had to be everything, you know, and be good at everything. Yes. Now we know with the strengths research that, um, you know, that's highly unlikely. And so really you need a diverse team to manage a function effectively. So like you said, it, it takes some courage, but then ultimately, takes the pressure off and then that's what fuels the productivity and engagement because people finally can let go of some of those draining tasks that they have. Right. Right. And then, and not to be like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm pushing this task off on you, but like putting it, giving it to somebody who's like, Oh no, I love doing spreadsheets or whatever, you know, like it's just, that part to me is one of the most shocking. And I think it seems like inspiring parts to teams, that realization of like, Oh wait, you, I hate this, but you love it. Like, so it's not even like I'm pushing something off on you. I, you know, that, that just is, it's a real paradigm shift. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the the team, maybe the original team that you worked with or some of these teams that you're working with now or did in, um, in follow on. What was the, what was the process like for them? And what I'm really thinking about is were there any resistors and what did that look like? And, um, you know, is there anything that stands out to you in that process? Uh, resistors, you often will have people who don't trust the instrument, um, right. who don't think, yeah, that it's, it's valid, um, or it's not well researched, but, um, I mean, it's pretty, I've had, you know, pretty excellent adoption rate with it. Um, I'm trying to think. What, what do you think? Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think people are like this? Okay. Yeah. 
we'll get past the like technical report aspect, right? But then like, why do you think it is that people are like, yeah, let's do this? Well, I think because of some of the things we mentioned around it being so like liberating and in some cases illuminating, um, you know, your self-awareness is increased. Um, usually these are things that you knew, but now you've got language to use to mm. them and help others uh, make sense of who you are, um, not just for yourself, but to communicate with others. So yeah, it is just something that I've just seen an explosion of, and it's becoming much more commonplace in most organizations I go to is becoming like the best practice. Mm. For example, Providence has 120,000 employees in seven states. We're the third largest healthcare system. Yeah. And we're Strength Finder at our um, system-wide frontline leaders program. Wow. So, like managers that are um, in that supervisor or frontline manager role are going to take it and then understand their strengths and bring that to their teams. So, it's a powerful tool, Becky. Yeah, I, it is powerful. You know, you know, I believe that. Yes. <laughs> uh, Gallup yes. just came out with their book called "It's the Manager," and it sounds like you guys are really speaking to that of the idea that people don't leave organizations, they leave managers. And even if they say, well, my husband got a new job or my wife wanted to move, it's really has to do in the end with the manager and leadership. And so, um, taking it to those frontline managers seems like it'll be a really, really powerful transformation for your system. Yes, it should be. I'm really excited. It'll take a while, but I'd love to maybe again in a nine or 12 months, you know, and, and let you know what's going on. Yeah, totally. As a, as a, uh, as a follow-up, like, this is the great things that happened when we really focus on yeah, our- Yeah, I really, you know, we, we measure employee engagement really carefully and like highly sustainably engaged is a measure that really matters to us. And the manager has such an influence on that, that employee experience, you know, so, uh, so something like the StrengthsFinder intervention, doing that on a real large scale should move the needle, should move uh. the needle. And ultimately, you know, that engagement, that employee engagement, why does that matter? You know, if we want everybody to be happy at work, well, yeah. in context, it translates directly to the patient experience, patient safety, patient satisfaction, you know, healing, which is something we can all relate to. Most of us oh, have been boy. in an outpatient or an inpatient setting or have loved ones. And so we, we want our patient care <laughs> givers, physicians and clinicians to, to be well and to feel valued and to, you know, work in a place where their manager celebrates their strengths and lets them bring it, you know, every day. Oh man. I love that. That's yes. I mean, I, and I, the healthcare teams that I've worked in, you just see that like they have so much love and care for the patients. I mean, for the most part, they get into this because they want to help people yet they get right. in and they realize they're not necessarily equipped to be able to lead people to inspire them to do those types of things. And so this gives them a tool, a resource. You are giving them a tool, a resource to be yeah. able to do that. <laughs> That's right. Oh, it's cool. So if you had to kind of summarize, um, what, what's different about you and your life and maybe even particularly like the way that you lead organizations now that you know your strengths, the strengths perspective, than it was when you were kind of, you had those pre-strengths problems of this, idea of identifying the gap that, you know, this is where we are, this is where we need to be, and this is the gap and not what we need to fix about everything. What, what, what would you say is different about you now? Well, two things. One would be, now that I'm aware that communication is my number one, mm-hmm. I, am, I would say that that knowledge has made me more effective as a practitioner and as a consultant working with, with different organizations because you know, it just kind of gives me permission. I guess it's given, it's, it's elevated my confidence and 
maybe given me some more courage or sort of backing to, um, to say what I know to be true, which is, um, you know, I do evidence-based work. And if I, if there's data that shows, you know, we're talking about what's going well with the organization, that there are these bright spots and there are some leaders who are, you know, exceptional. And if I'm shining the light on them and we're studying those practices and putting them to work, um, in other parts of the organization. Uh, yeah, you know, so that, that takes a little bit of courage and, yeah. and wherewithal instead of, you know, often you're hired or you're brought in, like, please go fix this problem, you right. know, just fix this problem, make it go away. Right. So it's a little, it's a different approach, but I think um, because I've, you know, studied some of the Gallup research and there's data to back it up. There's the, you know, the economics of, of strengths and of their work. Um, so I feel like that makes, you know, makes me all the more confident to use it in my practice. I was going to tell a personal story as well. Yeah, I love that. On a personal note, probably one of the biggest uh, developments I've made is getting clear about uh, my weakness, how to manage weaknesses. Mm. I'd say I've spent five solid years being very focused on my strengths and strengths. And then I picked up a book. Is it um, Soar With Your Strengths? Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Clifton talks about well, how do you manage your weaknesses and what drains you. Mm. And this is where SOAR kind of the connection kind of comes yeah. in is um, I hire coaches for the areas that I'm not as strong in. So because I'm not as detail oriented, say financial management is not a strength, you know, like balancing your checkbook and, you know, <laughs> making things are in the right accounts. I mean, you have to do some of that, right. but you know, I have a financial, you know, advisor and coach that I use for that. Um, or yeah. So just kind of realizing, you know, what drains you and what you're not necessarily good at and figuring out, well, I still have to manage it. I can't, right. part of my life I can ignore. Right. Um, coaches can be a great supplement. I would say, you know, health is another one when I want to be more diligent about what I'm eating. You know, right now I'm trying the Noom Coach, which is an app actually. Oh, cool. It's a br- coach, but I've used real life coaches too. And they just help, you know, bring some accountability and some rigor to a part of my life that, um, clearly, you know, isn't a strength, isn't a go-to for me. So, yeah, or you're not an expert in or whatever the case may be that you, that, uh, yeah, I, I love that. I love, I love the idea of, um, that our weaknesses aren't necessarily something that we're not good at. And you just said that, like it's, it could be something that just kind of drains you. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I can, I can do the spreadsheet and I can, I can balance my books, but in the end, like pull my hair out. Like I, it's, yeah. it's going to make me feel not relaxed at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I'm not going to excel at it, you know? Yeah. 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 Intended, but <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, drawing from your own personal experience and this kind of breadth of experience that you have with organizations, especially in healthcare, what encouragement or advice would you give to somebody kind of in your position who's leading, um, leading this, I, this movement to create more engagement, to increase patient safety, to um, make, make uh, healthcare employees happier about what they do so that their patient experience excels. Um, what encouragement or advice would you give to someone kind of in your pre-strengths position? Oh, in the pre-strengths? Yeah. Like if they're, they're in your pre-strengths position, but now you're giving them advice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. 
Wow. So they're in the pre-strengths. They haven't taken it. They haven't discovered. Right. Well, I would say, you know, take the assessment for sure. <laughs> hire a coach so that you can really understand and unpack it. So the magic really happens in the dialogue with another person. So it could be, you know, a Gallup certified coach or um, just a professional coach, but soar.com is a great resource for that. <laughs> you know, that's really an important aspect of the Strengths Finder tool is, um, that dialogue and, and unpacking it. And, you know, what would I say to like a consultant? Um, I think once you've taken your strengths, then, you know, partner with, with other people who compliment you. Right. So that's what I try to find when I'm going into organizations and systems right now, I'm working with a gentleman who has some really great complementary skills to mine. He's more strategic. And so, um, and he doesn't have the woo as much that I do. And I think we really, you know, are, make a great team because of that. So that, that have, having done the strengths, then that really illuminates the talents that you have with um, the people that you're working with. And then you can, and then team up and don't feel like you have to do it all. You know what I mean? So yeah, that yeah. That's yeah. sounds like you're saying like, yeah explore, explore, explore the strengths perspective because it's going to be life-changing, not just to you. And I love that you start, you start even your encouragement or advice with like it's self-reflection. So it's not like you, you took this strengths finder assessment or you discovered the strengths paradigm and we're like, Oh, this is good for my organizations. There's like a, a self-awareness, a self-reflection piece first that kind of has to happen so that you, it's sinks right. in. Right. And then, I mean, and we start like that in our consulting as well. It's like, start with you and then move to others and then how, you know, yes. how you work with the team. Right. Um, but I love that you start there with your advice to people who kind of, because it feels like a huge thing to undertake. Like, wait a minute, I'm going to change my entire paradigm of how I work with organizations to increase <laughs> engagement. Like uh, this feels overwhelming, but you can just start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start with yourself. Start with your colleagues. Yes. Yeah, start small and dig in and do the learning and do the reading, you know, some resources and, and hire, hire a coach if you need that outside expertise. Um, but then, and then like I did, just start small and try it out with a team and, and see what unfolds. And you'll, you know, I bet you you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I bet so too. <laughs> I guarantee it in some ways, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Margaret, for sharing sure story and your journey. And just, I love to see how it's impacting, not just yourself in your own personal life, which it definitely has, um, but how it's impacting organizations that you work with and then the people that work for those organizations. And then ultimately the people that are seeking care for their health. Um, and I mean, in some ways there can't be a more significant act to, uh, helping increase wellness, um, of the people that you guys serve. So sharing that with us and today I was struck by just how contrary to common convention Margaret's strengths-based approach is in the healthcare world where we look naturally to fill the gaps she's advocating for a whole new perspective one that's founded in what's good and right and exciting in people instead and and she has proof that it works (laughs) so you can connect more with Margaret Smith by finding her over on LinkedIn as Margaret R. Smith. So I recommend you do that. And just like Margaret, you can be a part of creating thriving lives, families, workplaces, across the entire world. Because when you're the one that's orienting your mind towards what's strong about you, and then you do that with the people around you, great things happen. Hey, and also, could you help 
spread the message. If you believe in the strengths perspective or part of you was impacted by this interview today, would you head over to iTunes and leave a rating? That's the thing with the little stars. And if you're also feeling inspired or just have a couple extra moments, if you would write a short review there, that would be helpful as well. So thanks so much in advance for that. Uh, you know, and I'm glad that you were here today to hear how others have fueled significant changes in their lives by focusing in on their strengths. And I hope that you join me for more next time on Isogo TV.